1990, a small-town New England murder became one of the highest-profile cases of the 20th century. Captivated, The Trials of Pamela Smart is a feature documentary that takes a new look at the case and reveals the deeper story behind the first fully televised trial in the United States. Jeremiah Zagar is the film's director. Here's Jeremiah. So Pamela Smart, as some of you may know, is in prison for the rest of her life without the possibility of parole. And one of the things she's doing during that time is educating herself. She's gotten a number of degrees and she's become a teacher. Um, And as part of that process, she's done a lot of writing. And what you're going to hear is a piece that she wrote about the day that she was convicted. And I think it's illuminating and beautifully written. A single tear. No date. Will the defendant please rise? He said matter-of-factly. I stood. The judge sat solemn-faced on the raised platform, turned to the jury and asked, Madam Foreperson, has the jury reached a verdict? Yes, Your Honor, came the reply. To the charge of accomplice to first-degree murder, how say ye? He asked. Guilty, she replied. Inside my, my heart seemed to stop. My breath caught in my throat. And my head spun, yet my outer veneer reflected none of my inner turmoil. I stood stone-faced as the members of the jury were individually polled as to their verdict. Twelve jurors times three charges equals 36 guilties. Each one appeared as a slow-motion bullet through my heart. All I could think about was my mother. I knew she was feeling each bullet right with me. My consciousness seemed to fade in and out. I thought I might collapse. I managed to gain a hold on myself, only to hear the judge tell me, I hereby sentence you to the New Hampshire State Prison for the remainder of your life. The remainder of my life, I wanted to scream. But I'm only 22 years old. I opened my mouth, but the words were strangled in my throat. The ride back to the prison was one I had taken frequently during the months I had been traveling to and from Fort. Barry, Wayne, and Sherry, the sheriff's deputies who transported me, were in the car. Throughout the court appearances, we had grown to know each other well. They treated me with dignity and respect. I liked them, and I felt they genuinely liked me as well. The car rides always included lively discussions that I secretly felt were designed to provide levity to my otherwise grim circumstance. Sherry and I were both short and petite with blonde hair and green eyes. However, she wore a sheriff's uniform and I wore a handcuff. Despite that divide, people used to joke that we could pass as sisters and we used to smile about that. This day on the car ride back after I'd been sentenced, the car was silent. It appeared to be the longest ride of my life. The terrible silence was uncomfortable. Despite the fact that I'd just been sentenced to life in prison, I felt the overwhelming urge to somehow comfort them, to help them through this moment. My heart was crying, but no tears left my eyes. When we finally reached the prison, I saw the media swarm. The prison gate opened and our our car pulled in. It was then that a single tear rolled down my face. It was just one tear, but all my hopes and dreams were all bundled up in it. 
When I entered the prison, I was put in the holding tent. Immediately, the other women I had lived with during the months I was held without bail began to come past. They had seen the proceedings televised live, and their tear-stained faces and puffy eyes held the sadness they felt for me. A glass window separated us, but it wasn't enough to keep out their love. I looked at my friends, many of whom were students of mine. Again, I felt an overwhelming need to comfort them, to tell them I was okay. I was taken and strip-searched, then returned to my unit. I took off my clothes and went in the shower. As soon as the water hit me, I began to cry. My friend Bridget came in to ask me if I was all right, but I couldn't even talk. I cried and I cried and I cried. The pain just poured out of me. All the months of being stoic came rushing upon me. I cried for all the times I sat numb in the courtroom, overwhelmed by the media and the accusations against me. I sobbed for my mother and father, aunts and uncles, cousins and friends who had stood by me throughout the roughest moments. But most of all, I wept for my husband, his young life lost. For the first time, I felt it all. It was a pain so intense, so real, so complicated, so unexplainable. I touched the bottom of my grief and the depth of my soul. Now available digitally on iTunes and Amazon and on disc wherever DVDs are sold.